PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick, financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth. Find them online at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Fun podcast this week. We're going to have a little fun with some financial fact or fiction uh, and test our financial planning acuity with the guys in just a minute. But let's say hey and see what's going on. John, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Hanging out and doing well. Hope you guys are doing the same down there. Uh, Nick, what's going on with you? Any uh, any new action on that uh, tourney you guys were telling us about? No, we're still plugging away on, on the golf tournament. We're looking forward to doing that. This is the first time that John and I have been involved you know, uh, in putting together a golf tournament. So we're not big golfers, so it's definitely uh, an interesting sort of, uh, sort of process. But mm-hmm. We're looking forward to, um, you know, uh, I think our, our two charities are going to be uh, locally uh, Pepin Academies and Southeastern Guide Dogs. Um, so we're looking forward to raising some money for charity. And then uh, we also actually recently um, sponsored a run uh, through the, the Harrell Center, which is uh, a part of the, the USF uh, Tampa uh, campus and, and through the College of Public Health uh, that's uh, done to um, support uh, and study uh, family violence, which is a huge oh, issue wow. awesome. in, really in any community. So they have a run coming up and, and we're sponsoring uh, that. You know, so anybody that's involved locally with that, we'll see the name of the podcast and those sorts of things. So we always stay involved in, in the community and enjoy, enjoy doing those things. That's great. Yeah. That's a lot of- we are definitely not running. You're not running? No. Are you going to golf? We're, yeah, we're I don't probably think not going to handle either. it. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine I imagine planning attorney is a, a golf tournament is a bit more challenging than you might expect. You know, if you first dive into it, you think, "Oh, this is good. and you're like, "Wow, this is a lot more work than I thought." So, no, there are a lot of moving parts, but we have a really strong team. We have uh, some members that have planned golf tournaments oh, before yeah. and um, you know, they're kind of heading up the logistics. Uh, Nick and I are very organized and, and detail oriented, so we're kind of you know, making sure all the tasks are checked off okay. and, and everyone's doing their, doing their work. But yeah, we're, we're really excited about that one. Nice. Dotting the yeah. I's and crossing the T's, right? Yeah. And the, the local steakhouse that we're teaming up with is really um, well known. And uh, so having them involved, this is the first time that we've done uh, 
paired up with them. Oh, okay, uh, it's good. been a pretty cool experience as well. Very cool. Well, I'll keep uh, I'll keep uh, asking about it. We'll keep updating things as we get closer. But for now, let's play a little financial factor fiction. I know it's a little tougher sometimes uh, in, in your guys' industry because often I've heard that saying that the the answer to most financial questions are it depends. Uh, but we'll try to do as best we can here, kind of like the, when we were in school, we do true or false, some simple ways to learn things. So I've got some basic statements here, guys. Just have a little fun with it. Fact or fiction, give us the best answer you can based on the way the, the question is worded, and we'll go from there. So fact or fiction, whoever wants to take this first one, your Social Security can be taxable. I'm going to say fact, although sometimes it's not. <laughs> but um, you know, it's basically, it's based off of your income in retirement, they call it your modified adjusted gross income in this um, in this situation, okay. where basically it's half of your social security, your adjusted gross income, plus any non-taxable interest like municipal bonds, they, they add all that up. And depending on where that falls, uh, will determine your how much of your social security is taxable. So example, if you're making married filing jointly over 44,000 of that, that Maggie income, up to 85% of your social security is going to be taxable. So that's that's the max amount of your social security that's going to be taxable is up to 85%. Hmm, okay. um, so it can be taxable. Doesn't doesn't mean it always will be, but but it can be. Yes. Correct. And yeah. I'll say more often than not, it is going to be taxable because the the limits where it's not taxable, it's married filing jointly between zero and thirty two thousand. Zero percent is taxable at that point, but you'll find the majority of people are they're above that when you're talking two incomes. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So we'll go with fact on that one. It can be taxable. All right. Quick and easy. Fact or fiction. Nick, how about you? You want to take this one? Your taxes will likely be lower in retirement. There is a decent chance that that may be the case. The tricky part about that, and and we we usually have a better idea of that within the last couple of years of, of retirement when we can kind of measure your expenses and measure, you know, what is being deployed into savings and those sorts of things. So I would say that a a solid percentage of people do have lower taxes, at least initially in retirement. Um, But one of the things that we've started to see is, especially those that have done a good job of maybe managing expenses, because the market has taken such a big jump over the last, you know, five really to ten, five to ten years, there's a lot of people that have found themselves with a lot more money in, in retirement accounts than they expected, and they're creeping into their RMD age, which is now 72, and so they're going to have income that's going to be coming in via their required minimum distribution that may be much higher than they're spending. That could really flatten out that difference. So kind of going back to what we've said in previous podcasts, there is a decent chance that your taxes will be lower in retirement. However, it's important for us to plan for scenarios that they aren't and give you options in retirement. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, with continuing taxes uh, possibly going to be on the rise, which, you know, with all the spending we're doing, it's one of those statements where, again, it's kind of the in the wording, you know, likely to be lower. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but there's a good chance uh, of anything happening in that arena. So you always want to make sure you're checking with as you know relates to your specific scenario um, and and plan efficiently you know try to plan to be as efficient as possible so that you can be tax efficient hopefully in the future just in case they do go up they can, in case they do raise uh, raise up the tax brackets all right how about factor fiction guys term life insurance is better than whole life insurance 
I'm going to have to say it's, uh, it depends on this one. Okay. This is a, I can't go fact or fiction on this one because um, it, it depends on your situation. Um, you know, term life is great for covering an immediate need. So example, you know, having two kids, you know, I have, I have enough life insurance death benefit to cover um, my income for the next 20 years if something were to happen to me. Um, you know, whole life is, is nice to have a basically a permanent policy. So, you know, going into retirement, I have something that's going to last, you know, in essence, you know, depending on the policy and, you know, disclosures, whatever disclaimers, it's going to last um, forever. So it, it, this one is, it can't be fact or fish and it really depends on the person's situation. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I would just kind of throw in there on this is that, you know, from the life insurance can be a very um, topic that people feel strongly about. And so, um, Typically, though, it breaks down to a cash flow issue where if you have the cash flow to be able to have uh, the right type of uh, permanent whole life insurance, oftentimes it can be a better plan and strategy uh, than otherwise. But uh, it's definitely an in-depth and uh, topic that's important to go through in detail. Well, we're having a little fun with these, but like any financial vehicle or product, you know, there's pros and cons to everything and what's going to be right for your scenario may be different for someone else. So it's all about that complete holistic strategy, if you will. And that's why working with a, you know, an advisor uh, is a good idea to do so when it comes to your scenario. And of course, if you've got questions or you need some help or whatever the case might be, as always, uh, check out John and, have, and Nick and have a conversation with them if you need some help or if you have something that kind of gets sparks your interest a little bit, go to pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com, and you can drop them a line there uh, while you're on the website. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources. All right, here's another one, guys. Uh, Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement, fact or fiction. I'll say fact that the right type of Medicare policy will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. Again, disclosure, everyone's situation is different, and, and Medicare only covers certain things. But um, I'll say from uh, just kind of your basic health needs, going to the doctor, prescriptions, if you have the right type of Medicare policy, it will cover quite a bit of that. Yeah. As far as um, any disabilities, that's where Medicare does not really kick in for that. So a lot of people get confused. Yeah. With, hospital um, stays, you know, you know, basic doctor yep. visits, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yep. But uh, it doesn't do dental. Um, I, I can be interesting. My mom had uh, with her Medicare, she had some cataract stuff done and it covered portions of it. You know, so there's definitely some outliers there, which is why they've got the 47 million, you know, <laughs> supplement programs that go in there. So a lot of stuff to, to talk about for sure. And it doesn't do anything with long-term care. Correct. Yeah. And it's important just to understand what it covers. I mean, both Nick and I, you know, we're, you know, we, we know a good amount about it, but we've both gone to some seminars and presentations and make sure we're up to date on the latest. But we typically... You know, when it comes to that point in the planning, we refer this out to a couple of people that specialize in it because oh, okay. there's so yeah. many different policies, there's yeah. so many different nuances. And again, it's, it's all about finding the right professional and what fits your needs. So fact, some of the time, fiction, <laughs> some of the time as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said with these, it's kind of really just a kind of a fun way to do it. But ideally, when it comes to financial stuff, there's always a depends caveat, if you will. Uh, so one more here. We'll have this last one. Then we'll take an email question to wrap up this week. As you get older, you should gradually shift from stocks to bonds. That's been a kind of a thinking for a very long time. Fact or fiction? Or maybe has that changed? I would say that uh, it obviously depends upon where you're starting from. Um, so if you've been a, a typical investor that has been comfortable with market risk throughout your life and, and you are you know, starting from a place of maybe having a, 
a 70-30 stock to bond or a 60-40 stock to bond portfolio that shifting to decrease your risk does make some sense. But if we've seen plenty of people that haven't really taking, taken enough risk um, from the perspective of market risk. So not taking enough market risk can create things like longevity risk and, and your money lasting for you, those sorts of things. If you're going to make shifts, it's important to be shifting in the right way. So, you know, making sure that you're uh, looking at stocks that are, you know, on the lower risk side of things is important. But I would say in general, the key is to tie your investments to your your overall financial plan. Uh, but in general, it will make some sense for many people to reduce some of their you know stock holding risk uh, yeah. as things go forward. With the caveat that when you're getting your access to the the fixed side of things, the bond world, you need to do it much more carefully than maybe you had to ten or fifteen years ago. It's a much um, more convoluted space than it was. And so um, that's something where there are many people that underappreciate the risk that you can have in the bond space. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Factor Fiction. We're going to wrap up this podcast with an email question. Again, if you'd like to submit your own, stop by the website at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Greg's got a question for you. Greg says, guys, I'm being offered an early retirement package from the company I worked at. It also includes a severance package and a pension buyout. It seems wise to consider this anything to think, anything that he should be thinking about questions to maybe ask. Yeah, good question, Greg. Uh, Nick and I are seeing quite a bit of this coming up where um, clients are near retirement, a few years away, and all of a sudden it's, hey, I got this severance package and this pension buyout, what should I do? And, and the first thing we do is really to say, hey, let's run the numbers and the plan and, and see if you can retire with that, um, with that severance package and what the pension buyout is. And we'll evaluate it and give our recommendations based on, again, the plan. I'll say it's definitely worth comparing your options in that situation. Um, one thing you want to consider is the financial health of the pension itself. So is it fully funded or is it underfunded? Because we have seen some pensions that aren't fully funded and there's some risks, financial risks to that pension. In that scenario, I would Great say you, know, you, want, you might want to go ahead and take the money. Yeah. Um, and then kind of reverting back to the plan, what are their current income needs versus liquidity? So just to give you an example of a plan we were doing client had a couple of pensions and uh, didn't really have much liquidity. So when a situation like this came up, you know, we, we evaluated it based on uh, the income that it was spinning off and, and what a lump sum could do. But we looked at it and said, hey, this, this could be a nice option to give you some of the liquidity, which you currently don't have because he had two pensions and social security, but didn't have a lot of you know liquid assets he could draw on if needed. Another thing to consider is beneficiaries. We've seen a lot of clients where they say, you know, something happens to me with this pension, it basically the money goes away. And I don't I don't feel comfortable with that. I'd prefer the the lump sum buyout. And at least if something happens to me within the next 10 years or 15 years, someone's going to get something versus in the pension option that I'm given, they're not going to get anything. And again, there's different pension options and we review it all. So okay. and then we've seen some scenarios where the pension guaranteed income was so excellent, we didn't even consider uh, a lump sum withdrawal or any other type of um, contracts that provide guaranteed income because mm -hmm. it was so strong. So, Yeah, so some good questions to ponder there, Greg. Thanks for submitting that in. There's obviously a lot of information uh, that you didn't share with us. So if you'd like to have a more in-depth conversation about exactly what they're offering you, definitely reach out to John and Nick. You can call them at 813-286-7776. But that gives you four or five things there to think about. 
Uh, again, 813-286-7776. You can give them a call and have a conversation with them. Of course, with the podcast, subscribe to the show, uh, folks, if you haven't done so already. That way you can catch up new episodes when they come out. Uh, you can also check out past episodes and all that good jazz. You can find it all at pfgprivatewealth.com. It's really the easiest way to get in touch with the guys if you'd like. Uh, you can drop an email question. You can uh, book some time with them. You can subscribe to the podcast. Just a lot of good tools, tips, and resources there at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. And that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. John, Nick, guys, thanks for hanging out with me. And good luck with the upcoming events. All right. Thanks, thanks. Mark. Have a good one. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined with the guys from PFG Private Wealth serving you here in the Tampa Bay area. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast, folks.